everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of QSR Nation. As always, we have Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant coming to you today from the PFS Branch National Headquarters in Holtzup, Missouri, to discuss food service marketing and business strategies for success. So, we were off last week. Actually, Beth and I were at the Inbound 2019 concert concert conference. Boy, I'm really struggling today. You guys went to a concert, too? We went to a concert. <laughs> in case this is ridiculous. Well, yeah. it, was up in, it was up in Boston, like it always is, and it was a great time. We Boston. Fa- we parked the car and found our cockies. Beth, at that the was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone in Boston, I apologize right now. <laughs> so yeah. I thought we thought we would discuss. Actually, Grant had a wonderful idea, as he always does, about discussing what some of our takeaways <laughs> were from the conference. Uh, Beth, we'll go ahead and let you start. With what was one big takeaway you found from Inbound? Oh wow. Okay. So one of my favorite sessions um, was by a lady named Mari Smith, and so she was talking about Facebook and the new. Um, things are coming down the pipeline in 2020. And one of the biggest things that really, if you're in the digital world in that kind of spectrum is that they're getting rid of the newsfeed for Facebook. In addition to a lot of the vanity metrics, so likes and stuff like that, that we talked about in the last podcast, um, with Instagram and how they're removing those, they're also going to be removing those from Facebook. And so a lot of ways that you're going to, that is crazy. That is nuts. It's terrifying. And so a lot of the only ways that you're really going to be able to interact with your customers with this new platform is through, um, different segmentations and groups. So that way you're really going to have to find the people that are really attracted to your brand and communicate with them that way. So what do they think the best way to measure engagement? Obviously likes isn't the only way but that's one key way some people do look at engagement what do they say about that it's still going to be your boosted and your sponsored ads and being able to do the proper placement for those and then also doing the ads within those groups so it's really going to be a whole new science behind digital marketing and figuring out the best way to be able to measure what you think is a success when it comes to digital marketing now you're still going to be able to like a post right you just it's just not visible is that the way it is or that you can't like them at all I am not 100% sure. I will reach out to good old Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> okay. and see what he says. I did hear something about that last week as well. And uh, obviously that's not very, you know, that's a big shakeup for the user from the user experience side too because a lot of people enjoy being able to yeah. like posts that they Well, like. and it's, you know, for me in my job, it's very much like, yeah, you want to look off of those vanity metrics because it's, all right, I kind of have a gauge as to what things people are really enjoying seeing and what they're not. And so it's really going to take away just this figuring out like, all right, this is the direction I need to go. I mean, it's going to be a huge change um, just trying to figure everything out. I tell you, it's, it also kind of, to me, initially hearing this says that the, the casual user, it might actually eliminate them just because if they can't just quickly scroll through and like some things, was, I know a lot of people – that's what they, that's what they like to do is just go through and just like you know memes or posts whatever and they don't actually ever truly engage. Um, so this is this will be very interesting. I, I can't wait to see it and how it's going to disrupt things because that that is going to be like a whole new platform. I mean, it's like something Google would do. Well, and what she did emphasize the fact is that, you know, for photos and everything else, that's still going to be Instagram. So a lot of it will be Facebook will be transitioning to Instagram and then your Instagram 
will be mainly where everyone's going to be going just to be able to see all the different graphics and the videos and everything else that you're used to posting. Um, but Facebook will generally just be for your interaction, your your organic interaction when it comes to conversations. Man, that seems yeah, like well, I don't like that. That's weird. Bold I, strategy. I think it's weird, yeah. <laughs> it's because Mark Zuckerberg is all about a privacy initiative. And so with everything going on that he's been trying to tackle whenever it came to, you know, the fake news, that whole idea a couple years ago, especially with the politics, um, that is his whole initiative for 2020 is making sure that users have better privacy and whether or not it might actually hurt the platform. He wants to make sure that the user privacy is the number one um, thing that he's focused on. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, huh? That is interesting. So anyone want to start up a new social platform that doesn't do any of this stuff? Well, just imagine my surprise. I I was telling Josh whenever I went to this um, session, I'm sitting there like frantically writing that I ended up just taking video and snapshots of the entire presentation because I'm panicking this entire time. Yeah. Well, yeah, that well, is definitely a market disruptor. For sure. Obviously, they make billions of dollars on ads, so I wonder how that will affect, be affected as well. I mean... Obviously, they'll still have their Instagram and their other ad display network, but I wonder if Facebook ads will be the same. I don't know, because a lot of those are in your newsfeed. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how all that's going to work. Huh. Well, that was a great takeaway, Beth. Thank you. Yeah, that's, like, horrifying. I'm still panicking, great. so... Uh, <laughs> wow. Everything I knew about my job is now changing. Yeah. I have until January to figure it out. <laughs> She's going to walk in wake January up. 1st or 2nd if she takes the day off from the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And open Facebook and be like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Mark, what did you do to me? <laughs> well, I thought one of the bigger takeaways I took away, huh, takeaways, takeaway, um, <laughs> was regarding just the, um, we see them everywhere, almost every, every website we go to is just the uh, the expansion, exponential expansion of chatbots and things like that, how they can really be quite powerful, obviously, as you know, to generate leads and qualify your leads throughout the sales process without, without actually having a live salesperson there. Um, and just, I don't know if that's necessarily a mind-altering blow-away takeaway, but it was just a, amazing how some people are, are really harnessing these to generate quality leads by having up to you know, several hundred different chat flows and chat bots on one website, regarding depending on the page that that person's on, depending on if they're a repeat visitor, depending on if they're a current customer, you can just really segment it pretty crazily to um, really target I guess, target your conversation to that specific person. So I thought that was really cool. Sounds cool. I don't know a lot about chatbots, but that does sound very interesting, John. Chatbots are basically, it's really what they were really focusing yeah. on uh, for the majority of this conference. And um, that was another thing that, that Mario Smith had said too, mm -hmm. is trying to figure out the message that you need to have when it comes to your auto responds and anything that you have with chat boxes, because people, majority of people, they will trust that chatbot more than an actual human being, which is weird that we're losing that human interaction, but she's, I think she gave some statistic, I'll have to look it up, but I think it was like 75 or 80% of customers, as long as they're getting an answer, whether it's from a human or if it's from a chatbot, will trust that answer as long as it's given to them within 10 seconds or less. Yeah, that's a good point too. The, one of the talks I went to, I can't remember the names like you can, but he was a, a, a nice, great man. And uh, <laughs> he was giving a presentation obviously on chatbots and he said that a, a difference between a five and a 10 minute response time equals like 70 to 80 percent different conversion rates just that mm -hmm. five minutes mm -hmm. can so affect your lead conversion rates wow so chatbots do they do you know that it's a chatbot when you're talking with one or is it like have a name like you know like 
Mary is chat. Well, most of them will say it's like PFS Brands chat or something like mm-hmm. that. Oh, okay. And then, and then they All walk right. you through their segmentation or their sequence, and at the end they'll be like, would you like to talk to a live representative now? And uh-huh. then, then that's whenever your, um, like your SDRs will get notified that they have a, a signed chat. But and what if also, you say, no, I really I really like you, Catbot. <laughs> <laughs> but also getting those personalization want, tokens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's those digits, Catbot? <laughs> Hit me up later <laughs> on the Insta face. <laughs> <laughs> the snappy chat. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Book face. Those personalization, personalization tokens are very key, though. That They did mention that. It's just making sure that you appropriately place those so that way your user feels like it is personalized to you and it's not just some generic response um, but also don't use too many of them to where if you don't have a clean database or a clean CRM that it's oh, actually for sure. messing it up and it automatically makes someone feel like oh well they don't even care about me yeah you have to use um, you know proper data hygiene practices anyway and go in there and make sure all that data is correct anyway yeah. occasionally I feel like we came back really smart, Josh. Actually, I feel like I can't even talk today because I've had so much caffeine this morning already. I'm jittery. It's all jittery. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, Beth, uh, any any other takeaway you want to talk about? Um, I talked to another lady. It was fantastic. Um, It was just her entire marketing endeavor when it came to Orange Leaf Frozen Yogurt. And just talking about her session was called, like, (laughs) How to Be Basic, which I love just because it was clever, I thought. But um, just bringing back your marketing tactics and figuring out what those basic steps are to make your company profitable and to make you stand out in the customer's eyes. And so she went through basically Orange Leaf's entire journey of what they started off with their marketing things were. And a lot of times it was the graphics where they had a very, very clever marketing um, idea and campaign that was all set up and it was very unique and very colorful and it was all about different kids and you know bringing summer back with ice cream and everything else. Well, that really didn't resonate with any of their customers. But once they finally started coming up with different mascots and ideas and different generators that were coming up with different interactions when it came to social media, it really just brought back down to basics that just really good pictures of your product is what's going to sell. And so all these different marketing tactics that people use when it's like, we need to have a campaign that's going to be centered around a certain message and eventually the consumer will get the idea as to what you're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. It's really not. It's just being basic and letting your customer know that there's really not a lot of thought that goes into it, but it's making sure that they understand that I'm here for the product. Our product is always going to be number one and you always can expect the same things. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the my final takeaway as well. I mean, I had, you know, millions of them, of course. <laughs> and um, But there's some I don't want to give away because I'm going to try them this week. But the thing was, no matter – didn't necessarily hear this in a topic, but just after going to all these um, sessions, it's that there's so much stuff out there you think you should be doing, but it's like – you get bright light syndrome you're pushing you're pulling yourself too many different directions at one time you need to find out what works and double down on it and really hone into those practices well and that's you know at the end of the day that's just still marketing one-on-one right right? i mean you know a lot of hands can be in the cookie jar but that doesn't benefit really anybody you know long term you figure out where you need to make your investments at like you said double down on it stay true to it and then just focus on it make that your game plan that you shouldn't be doing, you know, seven, eight, nine things because you can't do them well, and that will get very expensive very fast. Um, and even if you can't afford it, and even if you have the time to do it, it still may not be beneficial for you mm-hmm. to be doing, you know, extra, extra stuff. I mean, really get engaged, find where your audience is at, 
and then continue to grow and foster those relationships for brand loyalty purposes to develop long-term customers. Well put, Tony. Yeah, no, I agree that 100%. (laughs) And to your point, too, you don't have to be an expert in every single area, too. If you do have the budget, there's tons of other people out there that give you a bigger bang for your buck than you spending hours trying to teach yourself everything. Uh, Like in regards to AI, I know that was a big topic there as well. But who has the time to become an AI expert just for your business? You know, you can reach out to other people that already have that expertise. Yep. Yep. (laughs) True that, Josh. 100% (laughs) yes on that one. (laughs) Um, Well, if you have any questions for us, you can reach out to us at qsrnation at pfsbrands.com. Subscribe to the podcast at pfsbrands.com slash podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram which is pretty awesome. So especially follow us on Instagram because we'll um, always give you little snippets as to what's going on in the studio. Yeah, apparently that's where it's all going to go to anyhow. Yeah, for sure. Yep. (laughs) Did you guys guys do anything fun in Boston while me and Anthony were here in Holt Summit, Missouri? Working. No, just after the conference we go answer emails and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I saw a bunch of those emails rolling. Yeah. 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 So, all right. No, 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 no. Let's talk about this for a minute. Where were you answering the emails from? Was it? Red Boston. Sox Stadium. Oh yeah, uh, we right, right, right north of the Green yeah, Monster. Have, there. Yeah, you're supposed to have fun too. So. Work life balance. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that. We yeah. did get to go visit Fenway Park, but we really just hooked up to their Wi-Fi, so we could yeah. answer emails. For sure. Yeah. That, well, you know, that's what I love about you guys. You're, you're true workaholics. You always are like, hey, I could be drinking a beer and enjoying a baseball game, but no. I'm going to use the free Wi-Fi and answer an email. Yeah. Actually, Mari and I did go to a talk with uh, Alex Cora, the Red Sox manager, Brad Stevenson, the Celtics head coach, and then um, Jonathan Kraft, the president of the Patriots. They did a panel. It was pretty awesome. Really? Yeah. You said Jonathan. You mean Bob Kraft? No, it was Jonathan, his son. Oh, his son. (laughs) Boom. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, no, it was his son. He's the GM slash president, I think, one or two. Yeah, so it was pretty awesome watching him walk in and realize that He's a billionaire or whatever he is, and it's yeah. just, like, crazy. Money doesn't matter, though. Right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Keep telling yourself that, Grant. <laughs> Other uh, lies that Grant's told today. Um. <laughs> well, does anybody have anything relevant to add to anymore? No, that was pretty much just a rant. So. Okay. Well, for, all your, for your team here at QSR Nation, we'll talk to you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Taco. It's the franchise your location needs for Simply Southwest Goodness. Visit our website at thebluetaco.com. And remember, it's B-L-U. Be sure to stop by next week for another episode of QSR Nation. And be sure to check us out online at pfsbrands.com forward slash podcast. Podcast.